I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Australian Jams. I'm back on a regular schedule for the last part of the year because I got off the schedule a little bit earlier this year, as everyone knows. Uh, This is, I think, episode 73. I'm really good at forgetting to check, but I'm going to go with it. Um, But today I'm joined by someone who has been on the podcast before, way back when it was in its infancy. We did have a bit of a joke before about how terrible my audio setup was back then. I'm glad that it's improved drastically since. Um, I'm joined by the unbelievable Eilish Gilligan. Hello, Eilish. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's It's been a while. We have lots to catch up on. We do, we do. We were just talking about how great and painful Pilates is, so yeah. um, yeah. Melbourne lockdown, we're finally moving our bodies again for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so for people who aren't aware of you, which, you know, anyone listening to this podcast that isn't aware of Eilish, shame on you, because I talk (laughs) about you nearly every single week. Um, Can you tell them who you are and what you do? I am a Melbourne-based singer, songwriter, producer, I guess. Um, and I've been making music for, I was going to say like the last five years, but I suppose it's like longer than that, I suppose, as a solo artist. Sorry, it's early. I've only just had my first coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, basically I'm a musician. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Uh, You're much more than a musician. Um, I feel like I should flag the fact that the last episode we released, um, was with Jono from Cry Club and we talked in depth about you um, because we're talking about your single flesh but also the fact that and, and we'll talk probably more about this later on in the episode but because you mentioned kind of producer yeah um, you produced flesh kind of on the fly on a twitch stream right I did yeah which is quite um, I'm so angry at myself because I with Twitch, like the VOD, which is like the the video, um, it stands for like video of the day or whatever, which is like yeah. the recording of your stream. It only stays live for like a set period of time. Like it doesn't stay live forever. And I just never saved it. Like you're, you can save them if you want to keep them. And I just never saved it. So I don't have, I, I literally made that song from nothing into everything except the top line in one day 
like in a long kind of stream and I just don't have any evidence that that's true. (laughs) 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 Except for like, except for the people that were there that may remember me doing it. Um, But you know what? Whatever. Like, (laughs) I've made my peace with it now. (laughs) I mean, it's more, it's even more special for the people that did watch it, right? Yeah, well, that's it. I hope they remember because, yeah, maybe we can like crowdsource memories from it and just talk about it one time. But yeah, so annoying. (laughs) So annoying. Um, And that was kind of, you've used Twitch to kind of get you through the lockdown period. Am I right? Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it. it's funny because like, it just kind of, not that the lockdown has ever been a convenient thing at all, but like, I think one way or another, I probably was going to try Twitch at some point this year, regardless of what was going on, just because like, um, it's such a cool platform and, and the communities, the community there is just so delightful and people are so, um, the culture there is so reverent and, uh, respectful of the content creators. And I really, I really love that because like, I mean, I was trying, I mean, girl, do you want to like get into this now? Cause like, this is a, <laughs> I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> um, but basically I'll try and do the short version. Basically like the idea of social media is that it should really be like, there should be some level of exchange in terms of like, you give the social media platform good content and in turn, the social media platform helps you grow a community, helps you grow your fan base, potentially um, helps you grow like some new level of income stream or whatever. Um, and I've found that the exchange, it's always a balance. And like with some platforms, with most platforms, it's like they get more out of you than you get out of them. But with Twitch, it feels like incredibly balanced. Like it feels like, um, if anything, I'm getting more for myself and my my practice and my um, fan base and my audience than Twitch is getting out of me, if that makes sense. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, which is really cool and rare. Like, I can't think of another platform like it, um, or at least one that has the balance so in favour of the creator. Because, um, like, if you think about it, like, the worst example for me is, like, TikTok. Like, you just feed that content and... There's no real, like, indication that that you're reaching anyone in any kind of genuine way. It just is like you're kind yeah. of feeding, you're giving TikTok good content to make people go on their on their app, but you just don't get anything out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, that's amazing. I um maybe I should start a Twitch for sports stuff. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if the, there are fans there for women's sport on oh, Twitch. Oh, they're fully up. That's the thing. There are just, there's an audience for everything you can imagine. Like, it is just, like, my favorite subsection of Twitch is drag queens who play Dead by Daylight. Like, that is just the best. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. And it is massive. And it's not yep. something that you would, you know, immediately kind of think of. But that's the great thing about Twitch. Like, there is just an audience for everything and I'm sure women's sport would be up there with like some of the most popular content on there for sure hopefully I mean you do follow me on Twitter so you do see that that's all I tweet about so um, <laughs> you, you knew what you were getting into um, 
<laughs> Amazing. We're going to come back to that uh, towards the end of this episode, but you've come in here with three song choices. Yeah. Um, do you want to kick us off with the first one? Yeah. Um, well, I think we should talk about Cry Club first, just because <laughs> we kind of were talking about them before anyway, and I just can't yes. contain myself. Um, <laughs> I chose Dissolve, which uh, I wanted... I. I mean, I don't know how transparent you are with people, but we're recording this on the day that the album comes out. Yes. I was going to choose Vertigo, but um, when we were, like, exchanging songs, it was, like, before the album would come out, and I was like, oh, I can't do that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I chose Dissolve basically because I am obsessed with the entire Cry Club album and the entire Cry Club, like, phenomenon i suppose i think they are just brilliant like i cannot stress to you enough how fantastic and innovative and beautiful i think they are um the music is incredible it's impeccably produced alongside gab and this song in particular is like it just sounds like the presets but like a queer more badass, more abrasive, more like emotional version of the presets. It's just, it's it's just so good. Like, how could I, how did I live without it before? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. I actually, um, so everyone would know that the last episode was Jono from Cry Club. So we did talk about the album, um, quite generally, but I'm, I'm glad we're getting the opportunity to talk about dissolve specifically because Mm. i think uh he mentioned on that episode that it was never meant to be a single but because of delays and things like that it ended up being a single and i was like imagine if this hadn't come out as a single on its own first i don't think it would have got the respect it deserved and you said abrasive as um, a descriptor for this which you know some people might take as a negative i think it's absolutely a positive oh and yeah that's what i love about cry club is yeah. that there's it's no apologies like this is how i feel and this is how i'm gonna help you uh describe how you're feeling in a situation oh a hundred percent it's just like and also the, i wanted to talk about this song too because i think that there's a bit of a stigma, but i think people like sh- songwriters shy away from singing about anything but romantic love a lot of the time and Mm -hmm. I just love this song in particular because it highlights the fact that platonic love can be just as emotionally fraught like just as torturous just as difficult just as exhilarating as romantic love can be um and Yeah. yeah I think this song proves that just beyond a shadow of a doubt and also the top line is amazing like that first um the first sorry i'm getting like work done in my house so if you can hear banging that's what it is (laughs) 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 um but yeah like just yeah that top line that opening line there's just no space to kind of find your feet it just is there straight away which i that's something i love about cry club too they do that all the time which is just like so badass i i love them they're so great yeah that's the thing their lyricism um for everything they've released there are such it's such uh i don't know i attach myself a lot to these lyrics 
and it's always been like DFTM, don't mm. fucking touch me. Like that's a t-shirt I wear yeah. all the time. Or, um, you know, Two Hearts has all of those little lines in it that are just so. I, I don't want to say pithy because it's not. Um, it, it's really genuine. Oh, yeah. It's not crafted in a way that it's meant to be like, oh, this fits. Yeah. It's like that's almost stream of consciousness yeah. type thing. And the one that I've pulled out from this song is, did I do something or did we dissolve? Mm. Like, it's just I. I can't imagine someone who hasn't had that thought yeah. before like did i do something or is this just a friendship yeah. that didn't work yeah 100 percent. as you get and older and also the other thing that i love about cry club i mean i could talk we, we could just make this cry club podcast but like the <laughs> the other thing i love about cry club is that they're coming from a perspective of like mid-20s kind of um mm. like i think heather's like 26 or something and i really appreciate that um, like a song coming out from a song coming out about a dissolving friendship and being plagued by anxieties. It's like you you kind of go through life and like when you're 18, you kind of like this in very general terms, like you're very fresh and green and like not really affected by anything. And like you may have anxieties and that's quite normal. But uh, when you get to like your mid 20s, you I was talking to someone about this the other day and it's almost like they said it's almost like you reach like level five of anxieties like you get all these new anxieties and all these new problems that you had never really considered before and I really love the way that Cry Club kind of explores those I think it's 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 Mm. not like um it's not like this exploration of like green feelings and like oh we just finished school like oh my god I'm in love for the first time it's it's a real flawed representation it's a representation of how flawed you get when you have a few relationships and a few friendships that disappear it's like paranoia and um you know whatever yeah i love it (laughs) yeah and it's that satisfying thing of knowing you're not the only one that's experienced that and like it seems so obvious but it is it is a a little bit alleviating for your anxiety knowing that you're not the only one that has had those thoughts and that uh, has experienced yeah, those things. that's so, it. Yeah, that's 100%. it. 100%. Should we listen to Let's a little bit of it? So this is a little bit of Dissolve by Cry Club. Definitely go and check out their full album, God, I'm Such a Mess, though. Here we go. That was a little bit of Dissolve by Cry Club, who um, Jono from Cry Cry Club was on last episode, so make sure you go back and listen to that if you haven't already. I'm here with Eilish Gilligan, uh, who I adore. Um, My first song choice. This is really stunted today. I'm very (laughs) sorry, everyone. Uh, I have chosen a song from Geordie Race Coldre called Strawberry Gum, and I feel like I need to caveat this by saying his mum is like the greatest person alive (laughs) and like my mentor in sport world so it's really funny how this has crossed over into music world for me as well and um yeah and uh i hear all the stories from his mom about 
um, how hard he works and how he, through, through lockdown he's just been working really hard on his music and he's also working on a few other things as well and they're a really talented family and this song really caught me. So yeah, I just really like how it, it seems so simple and it has this really nice journey mm-hmm. through it. Um, yeah, I think this is... He's released a few singles to this point. I think this is definitely like the... I guess best is probably not the best way to describe it, but you know, like it's the most mature, I guess, of everything he's released so far. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this though. Yeah. I was thinking when I said this through, I was like, I want to know what I (laughs) I I just like start talking. Um, I love, (laughs) I really loved how, um, I love the lyrics, by the way. The first thing that really stood Mm -hmm. out to me were the really like quite, um, I want to say like eye-catching imagery, even though it's like not really, it's not eye-catching, it's it's ear-catching, I suppose. Um, really beautiful, <laughs> um, beautiful voice as well. Like the way the voice like floats on top is really lovely. And also I really like the intro, the vibe that I couldn't catch the timing of it at the start. I was like, what, yeah. what, what, you know, what meter are we in? I don't quite understand what's happening. And maybe that's my brain at like midnight when I was listening to it last night. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it because it was like unsteady and it felt unsure and then it kind of kicked in and I was like oh that's where we are okay cool um but the, yeah. the chorus is beautiful I love how um complex the lyrics are like I I was like gee I wonder mm. what this is really about you know it's like one of those songs that you want to know the story behind yeah, hundred percent. I would, I would love to get Jody on to actually talk about his music because I believe he's got quite a musical theatre mm. background. So it feels like probably that. a lot more of that technical. Yeah, yeah. And for you to, for you to say the vocals are really beautiful, I think is a massive compliment to anyone. <laughs> so I hope he appreciates how big a deal that is too. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think there's so much potential in this kid, and he's literally like done everything himself. So. The, the next step, I guess, would be spend time with a producer, not necessarily having someone else produce for him, but, you know, developing those skills that little mm. bit further and seeing what more mm-hmm. that could do. And I'm really excited to see where he goes. From also, now. just from like a, a publicist perspective, because I, I do that sometimes. <laughs> um, I love the art. The single artwork is great. It's mm-hmm. so good. Incredible. Um, and yeah. that really caught my eye uh as well like straight away when you sent me the songs that we were going to listen to today i think that was my favorite single artwork from them um but yeah Yeah. i think visuals is always a priority for him as well because i believe his brother is a really amazing Mm -hmm. photographer um so they i mean they've worked together on a few things that way as well so i think visual um is definitely something that's a priority for him in terms of his brand which is really cool um, I'd really love to see this one live because I think it would be really fun to watch yeah, live. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the way that chorus goes, just, yeah. Anyway, I'm picturing it in my head. I'm like, I'm at the <laughs> workers' club watching him sing this. Anyway, I'm going to stop being weird. We're going to listen to a little bit of this and we'll come back. It's called Strawberry Gum. It's by Geordie Race Coldre. Can I just go back to the night in the back of your car?
That was a little bit of Strawberry Gum by Geordie Race called Dre. Um, Eilish, what is your second song choice for um, us today? Let me remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my second one. My second one today is Away From Love by Georgia Mack. Yep. And I've been really obsessed with this song. I, this, I let this album pass me by when it came out last year. I don't really know why because I'm a huge Camp Cope fan. Um, I do that sometimes with albums. They just, I just let them kind of come out. And then like a few months after, like I didn't listen to Phoebe Bridges um, until last year, which is just disgusting. Um, <laughs> so I picked up this album uh, at the start of the, oh, no, it was only like a couple of months ago. I mean, time is nothing this year, but whatever. A couple of months ago. <laughs> That's correct. I picked it up a couple of months ago and I was like, no, I think it's time to listen to this because I'm pretty sure she worked with Darcy Bayless, who I love. Um, yes. And yep. uh, really, really respect the work of Darcy. I think it's just brilliant. And obviously Georgia is just, you know, a poet. Um, and I I love this album. It was really, it was really um, affecting. And this song in particular I love. I really love the, um, the contrast between the verses and the chorus I think is really really clever to me like um the long notes of the like the long notes in the top line for the verse versus the kind of more kind of lazy staccato of the chorus is really interesting because usually I would say in very general terms, it's kind of the other way around, like long notes in the chorus and then like more um, erratic verse lines. Um, But I just think it works so well and her voice is so beautiful. It really shines in this bed of like gentle synth and like restrained production and like ominous production as well. Like this is kind of how I, I love Camp Cope. Um, but this is kind of how, like, I, not that, I mean, no one's asking me, but, like, this is how I would produce Georgia. <laughs> I'm asking you. I'm asking but if, you. if someone was like, okay, Eilish, like, you have to remix a Georgia Mac song or, or a Camp Cope song or, um, you know, we're going to put you in a room with, with her, like, this is how I would have done it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that, as a, as a, non-technical music person so i'm probably going to be repeating what you've just said just in um very bad words uh (laughs) i found i find this song has a great balance of being really really catchy but also um having that like almost completely stripped back feel and i feel like we don't find that very often like not often will you get a catchy song that's so stripped back yeah. this way yeah totally sense. totally it's really restrained yeah. and that's hard like having that restraint is really difficult as like a songwriter and a producer and i just think that it's such a a great job i think restraint is something that cam cope are generally very good at and something that i'm super jealous of um and it just shines like <laughs> it shines in this in the totally different way and a totally different like practice for her here and i i just think she's amazing yeah and like we we talk about the reference to camp cope obviously georgia being one of the three band members of camp cope i like that she's been willing to explore the things she does well in a Mm. different way um and i think it's allowed like a lot of those lyrics and and her voice to like shine a little bit more yeah, through this yeah for sure 
Yeah. Let's um let's hear a bit of Away from Love by Georgia Mack. We'll come back in a second. was a bit of Away From Love by Georgia Mack. Um, I feel like it's important for me to say that while we've been chatting, someone just tweeted, I can't believe I get to see Cry Club and Eilish Gilligan on the same night with lots of exclamation <laughs> points. So um, relevant to the conversation today. Um, <laughs> I want to I go to that as well. Where's that? What? Yeah, that... I, I know. know it's, it's that... How do you, is it lead beater? Is that how you say it? I don't even know. December 12th. Yeah, December 12th. I'm so excited. I I mean, yeah, I'm so excited simply just to be at a venue to play a show, but also to play it with like my favorite band in the whole world. Blessed. Blessed behavior. I I have to get tickets to this. <laughs> Alright, I've opened the link everyone. I will I will buy it after we finish recording so I don't interrupt <laughs> our recording anymore. I'm leaving all of this in as well, so maybe when this comes out, if there's tickets still available, you know to go and get them now. Um Okay, songs, music. Alright. Artie Ziff is my next choice. Uh Artie Ziff is Mitch Kelly, who um has been on the podcast before. He's actually been on um some of my footy podcasts as well because he and his brother Broden, who recently had uh, a Netflix special with his group Auntie Donna just come ah, out, which is amazing. amazing. Um, they've been on my my footy podcast before because both of them are big Melbourne fans. So Mitch and I are good friends um, in and outside of music, which is great. Um, I feel like this whole song selection for me is just nepotism today. <laughs> Apologies, everyone. Um, I've chosen his new single called Thought About You and it features fractures on the vocals. Um I like this because it's uh, all up, up until now. Artie Ziff, I I do like a distinct sound, um, and I really liked all of his releases up until now. But I like that this is a really different look at Artie Ziff, and um, Fratch's vocals fit so beautifully mm. over it. But he just um, it 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 sounds like a new era almost of him, and the artwork is cool as well, and. You know, all that stuff is going on. But the thing that I really want to hear from this is I want to hear a remix of this as well. I think that yeah, would be sick. Yeah. I really like um, this song reminds me of like in a nostalgic way of DJing when I used to be able to DJ when we used to be able to do things. Um, <laughs> I um, yes. This is the kind of song I would play at like nine o'clock to kind of get people in the vibe without being too yep. too pushy, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. which I, I can't remember what we used to call them. Me and my friend Max, who I play with a lot of the time, he also DJs and we used to have a name for these songs and I can't remember what it was. It was like um, <laughs> the ones that we have like three genres of songs that we play first. It's like the first ones are the ones that aren't too intimidating 
but get people in the vibe. The next one is Little Bangers, which is like medium size. <laughs> and then <laughs> the third one is just like absolute, like unhinged, untouched by the Veronica's kind of dance floor vibe. Um, but this is like, this is like the first step towards that in my DJ yep. evening. So that's, that's like a really tricky vibe to get right, to be honest, because you want to encourage people to dance, but not to like go crazy yet. They just want to get them in the mood. Um, and this is a yep. great, this is a great song for that. Perfect. Even. And also Artie Ziff is such a great name. I'm obsessed. It's a great yeah. name, right? Yeah. Um, he's just nailed it. And the thing with Mitch, and if you listen back to the episode I did with him uh, earlier this year, last year, maybe? It was probably last year because this year's been <laughs> awful. Um, he doesn't release very regularly because he works. He What he actually does is he goes out to op shops and stuff and he buys old vinyl oh. and then comes home and samples the vinyl that he's never heard oh, cool. of. And it's just such an intricate process to get his songs to a point where they're actually cool. a song that it takes a year before he releases his next next single. So it's it's such an interesting process for him. I'd love to like have him do like a day in the life or like a Twitch stream mm. like you've done, showing how he has that process. So this is why you don't hear very regularly from Artie Ziff because it's such a like <laughs> long, you know, drawn That's out awesome. thing. Um, yeah, and it's just gives it definitely gives it that different feel to it than a lot of other music in a similar genre as yeah. well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and we also love fractures, so you know, shout oh, out yeah. to fractures. Um <laughs> <laughs> This is Thought About You featuring Fractures by Artie Ziff, and we'll come back for Eilish's last song choice. That was a bit of Thought About You by Artie Ziff featuring Fractures on the vocals. Eilish, we're up to your final song for today. Can you talk yes, to me about it? Yes, it is Real Groove by <laughs> Kylie Minogue. I am so obsessed with Kylie. She is like one of my favourite Australian musicians ever. I think she is just yep. a star. And her album Fever is one of my favourite albums in the whole world absolutely just like i almost i almost brought fever the song and i was like oh i should probably talk about her more recent stuff anyway (laughs) um so i i listened to this album and i just think it's so she's she's literally reached a point in her career where she's just like "Eh, whatever like i'm just gonna do what i want and she put so she put out a country album and now she's put out a disco album and it's so good. Just like the country album was so good. It is just amazing. Yeah. The top line's amazing. This song in particular, the top line's amazing. The vibe of it is great. Like, I love the core idea of the song, which is basically just like, you're hanging out with somebody kind of like me, but she's she's not as good as you and I were together. And I, I, I mean, I love that. That's a great, it's a very clear, 
very clear idea, very clear concept. Um, but she's just playing with it in a really fun way. And the chorus is so strong. And then it kind of reaches this bit where she, she does this like, um, really fun, silly kind of vocal manipulation in there, like with the chorus melody. And it's just so ballsy and I, I just love it. I think she's amazing. Um, and anyone who says otherwise is stupid. <laughs> This is a thing actually about Kylie that I've noticed as someone who, um, and this is not me trying to shame anyone or anything. I've never in the past really listened to a lot of like big pop music. It's just not been the thing that I search out. Uh, And so it could just be me kind of re-entering that world. So becoming more aware of it. But I, I feel like, she's become far more connected to the Australian music yeah. community in recent years. Yeah, I years. agree. And I think in turn, the Australian music community has kind of, I guess, rewarded mm. her or, or kind of given it back by really encouraging and being excited about what she's yeah. putting out. And it feels so yeah. wholesome. Yeah, that's actually such a good observation. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I wonder if it's like, I wonder if it's like because we're because we're getting because she's just been a staple in the industry since I was like you know born but like is it perhaps that we're getting older and understanding her relationship to the Australian music community or is it do you think she's coming back to her roots in some way or like I wonder if it's like her or me or both of us kind of rediscovering like she's kind of rediscovering the Australian music industry and becoming like a little bit more ingratiated in some way as opposed to like that stupid thing that happens to like really successful Australian artists where they just kind of become the exception and kind of lose touch whether that's at their end or at our end because we have this awful like tall poppy thing where we just like um you know delete people who are successful in Australia for some reason um, which it yes. probably totally was with her in her case. Anyway, I'm rambling. Song's fucking great. <laughs> no, it makes it, no, it totally makes sense because I, I feel like it, it probably is both us yeah. and her and also the way the industry has changed yes. as well. So I think um, we're much more accepting of big pop artists in Australia now than we were 10, 15, 20 years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, whereas like she had to move to the UK to find That's that it. success yeah. earlier yeah. on. But now we love local pop artists. Like we're trying to claim Sia back after we wanted nothing to do with her early in her career. Yeah. You know, like even people like I guess Amy Shark is a different kind of artist. But you know, like these bigger artists, we're claiming now and finding space for rather than making them go elsewhere to find that success. I, I mean, I have a I have a problem with like pessimism personally like I'm a pessimistic cynical person when it comes to the music industry so what I'm about to say is is coming through that that perspective which is not a healthy or productive one I want to say that I agree with you that that bigger pop artists are becoming more embraced by the Australian kind of industry and like people who love music I think it's much better than it used to be for sure um like that is 100% true I still don't think that we're going to see a true acceptance of Australian pop until commercial radio starts playing Australian pop because yes. the thing yes. that the thing that makes me crazy and Amy Shark is a good example of this who I love by the way I think she's amazing 
But Amy Shark is a pop artist and she had to go all the way through Triple J on Earth. Like, she had to go through Triple J from, like, grassroots nothing to becoming a huge, huge Triple J name with the door and, like, winning the Hottest 100 or coming second or whatever it was before Australian commercial radio was like, oh, yeah, what's she about kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that makes me so mad because it's like, she should have just been on commercial radio from the beginning. Like, I don't understand. Or she at least should yeah. have been considered by commercial radio from the beginning. I don't understand why it's up to Triple J to unearth these pop artists, these commercial pop artists. It makes me crazy. Um, point of that story. Yeah. I can't remember what the point of that story was, but... <laughs> no, no, no. You're, I, I think you're 100% right. I think we're seeing a few, like little shows like Ash London yes. show and people like that on commercial radio totally. are starting to be that yep. link. Obviously it's not enough yet, but we're starting to find homes for these people and it's broadening Absolutely. I guess horizons a little bit. I also think the um, growth of I guess indie artists in Australia that publicly express their love for mm. big pop artists like what Cub yes. Sport do I think that has helped as yes. well yes God bless Cub Sport I think is the moral of that story <laughs> they're unbelievable they're so beautiful oh, they do so much right just I love ridiculous um, yeah far out well we thought we'd Minogue Real Group let's play some of it and we'll come back this is Real Group by Carly Minogue <laughs> That was a bit of Real Groove by Kylie Minogue and it was also a nice chat about the state of pop music in <laughs> Australia, which we always love to have. Um, that was not sarcastic either. I genuinely enjoyed that conversation for ever, anyone playing at home. Um, my final song for today before we jump into Eilish's stuff. I've chosen another Looper J song. I yes. flipping adore Me Looper too. J. I think they're... <laughs> um, this song is called This Suburb. And um, it's uh, Looper J has always, to me, kind of represented that it's it's almost post electronic, post punk kind of industrial kind of music that is so well put together because they are such a clever musician technically, and the way they see music is just so smart. But it's always come through as this really cool kind of off kilter stuff. This one is that but it's not as i guess um te- uh, industrial uh it's got less of it's a bit more subdued maybe but it still has all that feeling to it and then later on in it there's this breakdown that takes you completely back to looper j as we know and love them so i love that this song is almost like a linking song between what we've always known of what Looper J could potentially be. Yeah, I, I'm i about to flip the table. I love <laughs> Looper J. Looper J <laughs> is one of the most exciting, the most thrilling, the most innovative, the bravest, like most intelligent artists that we have in this country and no one shows them enough respect. And it makes right? me so angry. I, I think... <laughs> This song, I'm actually so glad you chose this song because um, 
like this song I I know I I agree totally with your description of Looper J's practice for sure like the industrial punk electronic like absolutely um and it's like their production is a real sometimes a bit of a middle finger to like how the industry is working at the moment because it's so strange and unusual and not what anyone else is doing which i just love uh but i also think that this song is incredibly pop influenced like it's got a pop songwriting uh beat i guess like it reminds me of julia michaels which is like because it's that story it's almost just in the lyrics and the melody but then the production around it is so like it hits that that like three minute mark and it becomes quite quite strange like it kind of starts out in this like kind of understated like a little a little bit off kilter but then it like goes kind of it really turns it up a notch um which i love yeah i love that in a song something that gives you like an arc that matches the the line of the story is just perfect um but the melodies like the top line is just like pure pop and the lyrics are pure pop like the story that they're describing is just this beautiful lord-esque um like i I don't want to say coming of age because it's not really that but it's it's it 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 smells like that kind of thing um in a really sweet beautiful way and then the way that it ends just on that like can't remember the exact lyric but it's like i just want to float here or something um oh god it's just fucking perfect like literally can't like (laughs) they just can't go wrong and i'm so i was at a like a over a year ago i was at a songwriting camp with with them and we just never we just never got in a room together and i'm so annoyed (laughs) because i really and when we said goodbye to each other we kind of it was like um God, what was it? It was like sliding doors. We kind of just like looked at each other and were like, damn, <laughs> like I wish we could have written together. <laughs> <laughs> well, with borders, with borders opening up, That's there's it. no reason why you That's can't loop up. Yeah. I would love, I would love to hear a crossover between you and Looper J. I think Girl, that would me be too. so fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> And just like uh, going back to what you were saying about production and all that sort of stuff and how you're kind of starting to work more and more in production. Uh, imagine what you could learn from someone like Lupe J who's always done yeah. their own production at such an incredible yeah. level. Like, And they just wow. keep getting better and better and better. Like I thought that I thought that yeah. um, Swallow Me Whole was so fucking good like so 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 good i was like how on earth could this get better and it just it just did with this song for me like it's just amazing imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, I, I, and I say every time I choose a Looper J song on Australian Jams, I'm, I'm like, yeah. why aren't people taking notice? And I know. it still feels that way. Like, it feels like... There's not that big leap that people have made yeah. to acknowledge them. And it's so frustrating because it's like, I'm telling you all this amazing artist exists. I Why know. are you listening God, to my- me, people? <laughs> I can't tell you how much I agree. <laughs> and I know that feeling. I think, and I'm about to make a very sweeping statement that I hope that people don't get kind of upset by, whatever. I think, like, Australia <laughs> is just very fragile in terms of, like, or very careful, I should say, probably is a better word, in terms of, like, music taste. I think people are afraid of something that's a bit... It's a bit different from what they know. Um, yeah. And I think that, like, you just have to be really persistent and gentle. It's almost like trying to get a kid to try something new that you know is really delicious, that you know they'll like, but they're just like, no, 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 I don't want it, I don't want it. And it's like, but why don't you just... Like, it's, it's sushi, it's delicious, like, it has, you know, this in it, and it's really yum, and, and I promise you'll like it, and, like, it's almost like you have to keep eating it, me keep going, like, mmm, delicious, and, like, proving to them that it's good, and then so- finally, yes. finally, they'll be like, oh, give me some of that, and then they'll be like, oh my god, this is amazing, and it's like, yeah, we've been telling you for, like, five years that this is good, um but I'm glad you're on board now, you know? I, th- no. I think it's very much that. For something <laughs> yeah. that's a little bit off-centre, like, like Looper J, um, I think it is going to be more of a, like, uh, l- growing a loyal fan base um, at, like, a, a grassroots kind of level. And then once you once you just grow, like, to the point where you just can't be ignored anymore... If that makes sense, I think I'm speaking so passionately about yes. this because I I identify with it um, personally as an artist. Like, yep. um, not that I'm kind of lumping me and Looper J into the same into the same world, but I I do understand what it's like to be a little bit different from what people are normally used to listening to, and you just have to be like, yeah, no, this is good. Like, I know this is good. It's gonna happen eventually, um, but people just aren't aren't quite, you know. They're not quite ready for it yet. They don't. They don't know what to do with it. Ready. You know, um, and that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, I they did support Alice Glass Perfect. a couple of years ago, and I was hoping that that would be a really big leap for them. And you know what? Maybe maybe Looper J is the kind of artist that needs to find massive success overseas before Australia will take them seriously. Unfortunately, like <sighs> that methyl pisses ethyl- me off. <laughs> methyl ethyl were that artist and methyl ethyl yeah. are a bit odd um they yeah, yeah. pitched and pitched and pitched to triple j triple j didn't That's want to right. borrow them twilight yeah. driving was the single uh triple j didn't want to know about it they went overseas they got signed by 4ad in the uk yeah. and yeah. all of a sudden triple j unearthed them on triple j unearthed um with twilight yeah driving. i think it just it's, it makes me a bit sad that australians because i love this country mm. and i do love the industry here um for the most part i think the people in it are 
you know, in general, really genuine and yeah. like love, love Australian music. And a lot of the time, you know, it's people who absolutely adore your music, but it's just like the, the vibe of the country is just not ready. Yeah. Like it could have been that like, you know, industry tastemakers in quotation marks could have been, you know, pumping metal ethyl for years and being like, this is great. This is great. But just couldn't convince, you know, the powers that be or whatever. And then I think it, it just upsets me to think that Australians have to be driven away and traumatized by yeah. the, their own industry that should be really supportive of them. And then all of a sudden, once they, you know, get success in Europe or in America or whatever, the industry comes back and is like, Oh, Oh, our, our homegrown talent, you yeah. know, oh. it's really, it's, it's sad and it's wrong. Um, but also, you know, there's not there's not a heap that individuals can do about it. It needs to be like a a wider, more powerful change, unfortunately. Yeah. It feels and I bring it back to this again, apologies for this, but it feels very parallel to the whole women in sport conversation. Because mm. it's Yeah, like, of course. There there is this loyal fan base that desperately wants it, but the people that have the power to allow it to take the next step yeah aren't convinced yet and yep. how do you convince them you, you're doing everything you can right now exactly. how do you convince them exactly uh, yeah it's so- like i mean it's like it's like one of my other passions is is the bachelor and it's kind <laughs> of like <laughs> you ask and ask and ask and say that you're ready and like you're begging for like queer representation like yeah you know, more variety of, like, body shapes and sizes and people of colour, like, more diversity. And you're, like, yelling at them, being like, we're ready! Like, we're ready, please (laughs) give it to us. And they're just like, oh, but, oh. And it's like, they just can't handle it yet. And it's like, eventually it will happen. And it sucks every single day until it does. But, uh, yeah, it's just a slow, slow, slow process. Yeah, and you've just got to, if you're one of the people pushing for it, you've got to not stop pushing for it, I guess. Exactly. In the meantime. Yeah. That's it. Anyway. That's it. Moral of the story is Looper J is fucking amazing. And uh, <laughs> everyone needs to, li- they released an album not too long ago. Please go and listen to the album as well. But we're going to hear a little bit of This Suburb right now by Looper J. I've grown to love this That was This Suburb by Looper J. I am joined by the incredible Eilish Gilligan, who, by the time this comes out, will have released a record. Yes? Yes. 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 26th of November it came out. Yeah. Or is coming out. We're working well, with time here. <laughs> it's just funny because, like, we're doing... I mean, I'm useless. I don't know if you've ever seen... Have you ever seen the Zoom? The, Zoom, the SNL skit, Sue Loves Surprises? No. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. So, listeners, I'm going to talk directly to you. If you've seen the skit Sue Loves Surprises on SNL, I'm Sue when it comes to, like, teasing music. Like, I just can't contain it. Like, the whole vibe of this EP and the singles preceding it were that they were going to be, like, a surprise drop. And that's what I initially requested for, for like, 
of my managers and my team like I kept being like I wanted to be surprised I wanted to be surprised I wanted to come out of nowhere kind of thing and then they're like okay well we'll have to do a couple of singles first but you know yes we can do that and I was like all right great surprise surprise but then of course it's like coming and I just can't help myself be like I've got new music coming out and then like I put the single out and then it's like there's more coming soon like I just keep spoiling it, but then I'm spoiling it, but I'm not spoiling it correctly because I don't want to give out the date of the EP. So I just constantly <laughs> forget when the stupid EP is coming out. <laughs> anyway, whatever, it's out now by the time you're listening to this, so yeah. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, I I can relate so hard to that because I've spent, and by the time this comes out, I think it'll compl- be done. But uh, I've been working on this massive, massive long form piece with a co-writer for four months. So yeah. the majority of the second lockdown, I've been working on this piece and I wanted it to like come out and everyone be like, oh, this is amazing. But I can't, every time I get off an interview with someone, I'm like, I have to tell people about this. I have to tweet <laughs> that I've just spoken to this amazing person and I just can't hold it in. So yeah, I, I know. definitely relate. <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. So this record obviously was intended to be a surprise has it been completely constructed during the lockdown period in melbourne so yeah it kind of started on the in the first lockdown i i was very um it's hard because i wanted it to not speak like i didn't want it to be related to the lockdown at all because it it was it's not about corona like it's not like a corona extravaganza it's 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 more about i mean it's just like me basically writing music it's not it's got nothing to do with corona at all but in saying that it was made in isolation and it was made during the first and second lockdowns uh and it probably wouldn't have come around so quickly if it hadn't been for the lockdowns so you know that does influence and it also influences your mood as a as an artist and it influences you know everything that you do like i i didn't see anyone for months just like everyone in melbourne didn't um and i think that that probably bled into some of the creative choices that i made in some way shape or form because it doesn't exist in a vacuum like i don't think it's possible to create and be completely unaware of your circumstances particularly when they're so intense yeah um Anyway, long story short, it was made in lockdown, but it's not about lockdown. But probably, you know, you'll be able to hear whispers of it in there. So when Jono and I spoke about it on last episode, because Jono chose Flesh um, in particular to talk about. He's an angel. I love Jono. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We did have a discussion about how being in lockdown while you don't intend for it to impact your music, it might. Uh, this may not have even been a conversation with Jono. This may have been a conversation <laughs> with someone else on a different episode. But it is a conversation <laughs> I've had in the past week with someone about how um, not being around other people or and, and maybe as a probably a, a pop artist like yourself, it's all, often been about the big dynamics and things like that. And maybe yeah. that's not something that you've relied upon as much because you're not uh, not creating it with an intention for a live audience maybe is that something that you even thought about or maybe has subconsciously impacted the music that's a really interesting point I think 
I I mean probably some subco- subconsciously in some in some way shape or form. I just think I've always had this music in me. Mm-hmm. Like lockdown or no lockdown, I think that this was always going to come out at some point. Um kind of like throwing up. It's like you know you can't keep it down. Um but like I think this was always going to come this was always going to come out from me. I'm a pianist. I made this is the kind of music that I was making at university. Um, like this really kind of, uh, I don't want to say lo-fi, it's not really lo-fi, but like, uh, understated, understated production, I suppose, like few stems in the session, um, piano based kind of confessional pop songwriting. Uh, that's, that's the music I was making like fucking eight years ago, you know? And I think that I was always going to come back to that. I was always going to come back around to that, um, at some point, uh, and I think that for some reason this year, I think I do think this year informed this because I always had the idea of making an EP like this, but it was always secondary to like the stuff that I envisioned would put me on the radio or get me a good tour support slot or, you know, whatever. And that doesn't mean that that music, I mean, it doesn't give any, um, any less or more weight to any any style of music that I put out. Like, it's all part of the story. Um, but this year, because everything was quiet and, like, soft and and everything just stopped, it felt like the right time to do it. And originally it was going... Because I've got this other EP that I'm working on that has been put on hold for months because I needed to get to Sydney to finish yep. it and obviously I couldn't do that because of the stu- the borders <laughs> so yes. originally what it was going to be was we were going to put out that EP first and do that whole campaign first and then um, so originally that EP was going to come out first and then the piano EP was going to like follow it very quietly as a genuine surprise um, <laughs> <laughs> like as an actual surprise um, and also as like an additional like treat for people and fans of mine who understand that this is just as much a part of me as as like the bigger pop stuff yeah but because of the way that this year kind of unfolded it became very apparent very quickly that there was no way that I was going to be able to get to Sydney um like within an an adequate time frame for me to put out for me to finish this original EP in time for a release this year. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to throw my weight behind this piano EP and put that out this year and then just and just wait until I can go to Sydney and finish the other EP. That was a very long logistical... No, no, no. It makes no <laughs> sense. And I, I don't mean to keep making things about the lockdown because no, you know, no. music I is... I mean, it is. It is yeah, about it, though. Like, it, this year has been so oppressive... Um, in so many different ways, like you would be, you would be stupid to be like, well, I wasn't affected at all. Like my music wasn't affected at all. Like it so was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's funny because um, the last time you were on Australian Jams was right before you released SMFY. Because I remember mm. <laughs> um, you sending me the track um, a few days before it came out so I could have a listen so we could talk about it. And I kept getting the letters mixed up. That's why I remember... <laughs> Um, that's why I remember that that's when it was. So, and it's, it's 
kind of amazing and, and really exciting to me that we can have these conversations before two really different kinds of music. But I feel like the emotion that comes through is just as strong with both. And that's yeah. something that as a as an artist, being able to do that is just incredible. Is that something that has just been kind of the core to, of a lot of what you want to do is just that emotional part of it? I just can't help it. I think that's like the one thing that I've learned about myself and I still have so much to learn about myself. And over the last like week or so, last the last couple of weeks or so, I've, I've been really contending with uh, how much of myself I'm making publicly available and how much of it I am not. Um, and right now the balance of that is just obscene. Like I make myself so publicly available that I think for the first time in my life, I'm kind of reevaluating that, which has never happened before because I've always just been like, I'm an open book. Like, you know, I'll write about whatever I want. And like, um, I'll like publicly berate myself in a song and, be fine with it and like then I'll get on Twitter and like tweet about how depressed I am and like blah blah and it's like for it's I feel um I feel a bit sad like looking back on when we spoke about SMFY I feel sad for that girl who was with you then because I went through so much that year that SMFY came out and I was literally just talking about this on Twitch yesterday because I and it's at the top of my mind now still but like the the year that I had when SMFY came out was brilliant and exciting and amazing but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing so I kind of was like incredibly overwhelmed mentally unwell and like just trying to make it through kind of thing in, in a very exhilarating and exciting world. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I can help the way that I write songs. Um, I don't think that's something that I'm going to be able to censor and that I, I don't think I should in any way. Like, I think it's just the way that the way that I am creatively and I'm glad that I'm that way. Cause I think there's a, there's a level of vulnerability there that perhaps not everybody gets to, access that often and I think by being that level of vulnerable in my music I think it does help people it's kind of like with cry club I think they hit that as well which is why I respect them so much yeah but it's just a matter of like trying to balance because I'm so confessional in my writing it's a matter of trying to balance exactly how that plays into my um like online persona for lack of a better word like I'm doing air quotes around persona because it is me it's not a persona it just is me but like my instinct is to just blur like overshare all the time and then because you overshare all the time people start to expect that from you and um then they kind of ask for more and I think that as my audience grows which it you know it, it has over the last couple of years since SMFY came out when I wrote SMFY, I was like, lol, no one's going to hear this. It's just like reading out of my diary. So, but no one's going to hear it. So it doesn't matter. Um, but now people are, are listening to what I'm doing and wondering what it's about and asking me. And I think I love that because it means people care. And that is incredibly precious to me, particularly as an artist, like who doesn't get played on the radio, you know, 
But um, I've had to contend with like, you know, how much how much of myself is just going to be for me and my family and friends, and how yeah. much of how much of me is for everyone? Because right now it feels like all of me is just for everyone, and I'm proud of that, in a way, in a very stubborn way, <laughs> but also. I think that that's probably not sustainable in the long term. But yeah. yeah, that's it's a good question. Like it's an interesting question. The idea of like, do you do you purposely share so much in your music, or do you just is that how is that just how you are? And I think it's just how I am, and not only just in my music, but as a person in general. And I think that as now as I get older, I'm kind of being like. Perhaps that's not the healthiest way to live. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just um, you speak so eloquently on it. It's uh, I think you're a very like a worthwhile person to listen to discuss these things as well. So hopefully some other songwriters even get a lot out of what you've just said too, which is I, I think really important. And as you were saying that, there were a few artists that were immediately popping to the top of my head, like Alexander mm. Biggs and Odette and Angie McMahon. Yes. All of those popped straight yeah. to the top of my head as being very yeah. similar in that respect too. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All amazing as well, I should mention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I've kept you for a long time today. I'm sorry, but I do have another question uh, yeah. about production. Um, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sorry if I am. You hadn't <laughs> done a lot of your own production or just solely done production um, without working with someone else in the past prior to Flesh, had you? Yeah, I mean, not. It's funny because I started... I feel like my whole life is just this big circle of like starting somewhere and then going on this huge journey and then coming back to the where I started. Like it even goes all the way back to when I was like a little kid and I was just playing piano and loving that. I think that this, this like where I am right now is just, you know, a quarter of the way through the huge circle journey of like, you know, where I'm inevitably going to end up when I'm like 90 and I'm just going to be playing the piano by myself again like I was as a little kid. So basically, um, all of that is to say I did a lot of production myself when I was a teenager and when I was at university, but I never really thought of it as production. I just thought of it as like songwriting. Yep. But I was self-producing all of this music, not ever really asking anyone for help, but because I didn't see it as production, as sound engineering, as like you know arranging Mm -hmm. um I just saw it as like being creative and like whatever I never thought of myself as a producer and I also think that a lot of that is informed by like self-confidence and me feeling like oh well I'm I'm and this is stupid and you should never feel this way but I was like oh I'm like a I'm a girl (laughs) like that Malibu Barbie in um in the Simpsons where she learns how to talk for the first time. And she's like, don't ask me. I'm just a girl. Like I felt like that in terms of production. I was like, I don't know. I don't know anything about production. What are you talking about? But then I do know, I did know about production because I was using logic to make all this music and I was using plugins and and doing everything that a producer does, but I just called it songwriting. And um, I'm really annoyed at myself and sad for that person that I was because if I just self-identified as a producer, then I think I could have saved myself a lot of strife and a lot of like, a lot of like self-discovery, you know, but anyway, the point is uh, I really only started calling myself a producer in the last 12 months. And as soon as I 
self-identified as a producer, it was like a light switched on. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I do know how to do this. Like, yeah. wh- why did I think that I didn't? I don't know. I've been doing it for years. Like, I never stopped doing it. And um, I think that 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 will be one of my, like, lifelong regrets, I think, unfortunately. The fact that I didn't have enough confidence in myself and in my skills and in my place in the music industry that I couldn't self-identify as a producer until I was, like, you know, 25 and I think that is so sad (laughs) and I never want that to happen to somebody who you know might be in in a similar position as I as I have been in the last few years um like you know someone who's not a man who works with a lot of men who are very confident and um nice but confident and can be you know, can talk over you without realizing that they're doing it and all that stuff. And not that it's their fault. It's like still, it was a problem with me as well. Like that I couldn't say, it was my own like internal issues that I couldn't like identify as a producer until that point. But like, I do think it's, I do think it's difficult when you're in a place where you're like the only woman or the only non-man or the only, you know, whatever. I do think it makes it harder to own your craft. Um, But you're like long story short you're correct I didn't identify as a producer until like the last 12 months and for all intents and purposes for someone looking on from the outside they would be like oh so she's she's pivoted to being a producer but from the perspective of like anyone who knows me well and has known me for a few years or or made music with me before um you would understand that it's like yeah I I am she has been producing for a long time, but she just never told anyone about it or said that that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And it's so, like, inspiring. And again, I bring it back to myself because that's my point of reference. But, like, being a writer, I've never called yeah. my... I actually had this conversation with someone the other day because someone approached me and said, you should write a book. And I was like, I'm not a writer, though. And then everyone yeah. that I told was like, you are a writer like what are you talking about and it's just that really like actually yeah. acknowledging that that's what you've been doing it's um, incredibly important to just be like i am this yeah. like it's it, it i cannot tell you how powerful it was for me to just call myself a producer like yeah. it sounds so silly but it is so empowering to do that like to be like i am this so like if anyone's listening and and you know wants to take something away i would say the one thing just say that you are the thing and work it out later like that's what all the dudes are doing anyway exactly exactly it's like why why shouldn't we do that and then also you'll probably find that you were fucking doing it all along anyway (laughs) like and you just like like i was you know yeah um and yeah, so just start saying that you're the thing and you will be the thing. Yeah. Um, so have you produced this whole EP solo? Yeah. Incredible. I did it all myself. Yeah, I did it all myself. And I'm so bloody proud of that. And that was like the point of it um, in a lot of ways for me, just to kind of prove that I could. And um, I mean, of course I always could. And I know that now. But yeah. even even eight months ago when I started doing the EP, I, I set it as a challenge for myself to be like, well, I'm going to do this thing all by myself. And if I can do that, then I can, you know, be rest assured that I that I am a producer and that I can do that. Um, and of course, I could always do it. I could always do it. And I don't know why I didn't think I could. But like, 
it was very empowering to do it now um you know the difference between me then and me now is crazy like i readily introduce myself as a producer i'm producing for other people like doing work for other people and um i would never have had the confidence to do that before which you know that's why if this ep does nothing else except give me confidence then it was a worthy pursuit in my opinion (laughs) yeah and this is the thing we always have i i often have people say to me well who are the female producers that you know or that you're aware mm. of? I'm like, there are, there are so many. Like, Becky Whitten yeah. is AFA. She's unbelievably talented yes. and hardworking. Yes. There's Lupa J, who we've just mentioned, who's um, non-binary but um, not male-identifying. Yeah. There's, I mean, Joy has often yeah. spoken about her. Joy's sick. Um, she's great. Yeah, and how people assume that she has not produced her own music when she's always been producing her yeah. own music. So, yeah. Yeah, the the having that bit of confidence, which is easier said than done, to actually tell people that's who you are and, and admit to yourself that that's who you are, then um, can make all the difference. Yeah, as well. I mean it's almost just as hard to admit to yourself who that's that that's who you are, you know. And also, I should say that Becky mixed the EP, and she also she did a couple of she added like a couple of drums here and there to a couple of the tracks, um, which was so great. Cause she's just so brilliant to work with and like an absolutely like beautiful, beautiful kind person and such a, such yes. the most person, the most perfect person to work with on this project that was so vulnerable. And I felt so, you know, um, open when I was making it and she was just so receptive. So yeah, she's great. I love her so much. Me She's too. The best. Yeah. Um, we should wrap this up because we've been going for a while. I told <laughs> you this would take forty-five minutes. It's been an hour and twenty. I'm very sorry about that. That's okay. I budgeted um, for it. I have, <laughs> I have very much. I I just I'm so grateful you've come on to chat with me. I'm, I'm actually going to go out of this very inspired. So oh, thank good you for that. Brilliant. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow you on social or find your music or anything like that? Well, luckily my name is very Googleable, so you can just Google <laughs> my name and you'll find me on your preferred music consumption uh, platform. Uh, may I suggest Bandcamp? It's the best one. Yes. Um, and you'll, you can find me on Twitch just by Googling Googling Eilish Gilligan Twitch. Um, yeah, you can find me everywhere just by Googling. Yeah, I'll chuck a bunch of the links below in the show notes. But yes, if there's a platform that I've missed, please just search for it. Um, Eilish, we're going to wrap this up with a little bit of one of the songs from your EP. I will throw it to you. Which one would you like to go out with? Oh, oh, this is the first time I get to pick any one of them. I can't remember which ones are on it. Uh, I'm going to say I reckon we should do uh, we should do Hospital because the EP is called Hospital. So it should be that. Perfect. Okay, so we're going to wrap up this episode of Australian Jams with a little bit of Hospital by Eilish Gilligan from her brand new EP. Please go and purchase it or, I mean, if you have to stream, stream it on Tidal because they pay the most. (laughs) Um, But yeah, purchasing it is the best possible option and then just support Eilish wherever you use social media, I guess. Um, Thank you so much, Eilish. I really appreciate uh, your time today. Thank you. And we'll be back in another fortnight with another awesome interview with an artist who I have adored for a really long time as well. So it's a really good way to end the year. (laughs) Um, I've been Gemma Bassiani. You can find Australian Jams on all your socials. Or uh, if you want to hear me talk about football, uh, footy, Aussie rules, you can follow me on Twitter at GL Bassiani. Otherwise, I'll see you all in a fortnight again. Thank you. I don't know who you 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.